0: This is The World in Brief from The Economist. ATOP Stories Russian shelling killed at least 13 people in the Dnipro region of central Ukraine, according to Ukrainian authorities. Separately, Energo Atom, a Ukrainian state nuclear power operator, warned that Russia intends to sever the connection between the Zaporizhzhia nuclear power plant and Ukraine's power grid and connect it to Russia's instead. That requires a technically difficult process with potentially disastrous consequences, warned Energo Atom's boss. Leading Republicans denounced the FBI raid on Donald Trump's Florida home. Kevin McCarthy, the most senior Republican in the House of Representatives, vowed to investigate the Justice Department should his party take control of the chamber after midterm elections. Republicans used anger at the operation to fuel a funding drive. Meanwhile, Mr Trump was dealt another blow when a federal judge ruled that the House could request his tax returns. Early results from Kenya's presidential election suggested a tight race between the two leading candidates, Deputy President William Ruto and Opposition Leader Raila Odinger. Turnout was low, and the Election Commission now has up to a week to declare the winner. Recent elections have been scarred by violence after the result was announced. Kishida Fumio, Japan's Prime Minister, reshuffled his cabinet removing several ministers with links to the controversial Unification Church. The man who in July assassinated Shinzo Abe, a former prime minister, said he was motivated by a grudge against the religious movement, which he claims bankrupted his mother. Mr Abe regularly courted the church. Since his killing, the sect's political ties have come under increased scrutiny. Elon Musk sold almost $7 billion worth of shares in Tesla his electric car company, saying he wants to avoid an emergency sale of the firm's stock if he has to buy Twitter. Earlier this year, Mr. Musk agreed to buy the social media platform for $44 billion, before almost immediately trying to pull out of the deal. A court in October will decide whether he has to pay up. Coinbase, the largest cryptocurrency exchange based in America, posted a $1.1 billion loss for the second quarter. At the same point last year, during the sector's boom times, Coinbase reported a net profit of $1.6 billion. The firm's slide offers yet more evidence of crypto's recent implosion. Its share price tanked. Domino's Pizza closed its Italian stores, with the American fast food outlet having inexplicably failed to win over the country that invented the pie, with its own stodgy version. Domino's blamed the growing number of traditional pizza restaurants offering delivery through apps, as well as high debts, increased costs, and the pandemic. It had operated 29 stores in Italy. Its local franchise partner filed for bankruptcy in April. And fact of the day. $10 billion. The amount of venture capital funding for American aerospace and defense startups in 2021 triple 2019's figure.
1: And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Inflation down, but not out in America. After months of soaring inflation, America may get a partial reprieve. In data for July due out on Wednesday, consumer prices are expected to have risen by about 8.7% year on year, down from a four-decade high of 9.1% in June. That is likely to prompt discussion of whether America has finally passed peak inflation. The details of the data may be more sobering. The fall in oil prices, down more than 10% in July from June, will probably account for much of the headline decline in inflation. Take out volatile food and energy costs, and inflation probably accelerated. Moreover, nominal wages are also still rising strongly, generating yet more upward pressure on prices. Markets had hoped the Federal Reserve might be able to slow the pace of its interest rate increases, but with inflation like this, it may not want to let up. Republicans Rally Around Trump The raid may have been shocking. The response was not. On Monday, the FBI searched Donald Trump's Florida estate, reportedly part of an inquiry into whether the former president had mishandled classified material after leaving office. The raid could suggest that evidence of a federal crime lurked in Mr. Trump's estate. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, is not one for taking bold steps based on whims. This is only one of many legal threats Mr. Trump faces. Yet it may help unite Republicans around him. After the raid, Republican congressmen vowed to investigate the investigators, should the party win a majority in the House of Representatives at the midterms in November. Mr. Trump called the raid a, quote, weaponization of the justice system, intended to derail another potential presidential bid. His enduring political influence is already visible in Republican primaries across the country. According to Politico, a news website, insiders think the raid will, if anything, accelerate Mr. Trump's decision to run again in 2024. Europe bans Russian coal The European Union's ban on imports of Russian coal agreed in April as part of its fifth package of sanctions, takes effect on Wednesday. One of the world's biggest exporters of the black stuff, Russia supplied around 70% of the EU's imports of thermal coal, used to generate electricity, and 45% of all coal imports last year, according to Bruegel, a think tank in Brussels. Yet coal matters less to the Kremlin than gas or oil. Of the 94.3 billion euro, 96.5 billion dollars, that the EU spent on Russian fuel last year, just 5.3 billion euro, 5.4 billion dollars, went on coal. Ukraine's government would like the EU to go much faster restricting other fuel sources. But a planned embargo on oil will come fully into force only next year and the EU has so far imposed no restrictions on Russian natural gas at all, other than asking its members to use less of it. Instead, Vladimir Putin, the Russian president, is cutting gas exports to try and blackmail Europe into relaxing sanctions. A cruel summer for TUI? While much of Europe basks on summer holiday, TUI, The travel giant that will have organized many of those trips will on Wednesday report results for the second quarter of 2022. They are expected to show a strong surge in revenue and bookings, fueled by pent-up demand after two pandemic-stricken years. But that does not mean bosses at TUI's headquarters in Hanover can relax. The German firm, which owns 1,600 travel agencies and five airlines, has not yet recovered from the ravages inflicted on the travel sector by the pandemic. It has struggled with irate customers upset by the summer's travel chaos, as thousands of flights were delayed or canceled. And looming recessions in Germany and Britain would hit the group hard. Further turbulence could come from the departure of Fritz Jusen, the group's chief executive, who announced his resignation in June after a successful ten-year stint. His successor will take over a ship that is yet to be steadied. The Chess Olympiad Concludes In Mahabalipuram, a sleepy Indian town some 40 kilometers from Chennai, over 2,000 players from 187 countries have been battling in the Chess Olympiad, the game's top international team event. As the teams depart on Wednesday, Uzbek and Ukrainian players will be particularly happy. They won the men's and women's categories, respectively. As rooks and knights jousted on the chessboard, there was action away from it, too. On August 7th, Arkady Dvyorkovich, a former Russian deputy prime minister, was re-elected as the president of the International Chess Federation, which organizes the Olympiad winning a landslide victory over Andriy Barishpolitz, a Ukrainian grandmaster. Mr. Dvorkovich's re-election is controversial. Though he initially decried Russia's invasion of Ukraine, an action described as a, quote, national betrayal by a Russian MP, he later released a statement praising his country's soldiers. Russia now calls him, quote, our candidate. For all that, despite Mr. Dvorkovich's position, his countrymen are still banned from the Federation's competitions. Soft power only goes so far. Daily Quiz. Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday. To quiz Espresso at economist.com We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers And crown one winner per continent on Saturday Wednesday Which novelist wrote Heart of Darkness A book loosely adapted as the film Apocalypse Now? Tuesday Which Maine-based retailer, founded in 1912 Is famous for its outdoor clothing and equipment? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Kim Wall, who died on this day in 2017. I want to know how the world works, and I hope that I maybe one day can learn enough to make a difference. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week.